guys, it is five o'clock in New York City, a very rainy New York City, but this is your favorite podcast, Founders at Five, talking about the topics that don't make it to the happy hour, but sure made it to ours. My name is Anna. And I'm Lena. Like Anna said, we are here in a very, very rainy and cold New York. Feels like fall came in like one second. But luckily, Anna provided the wine today. Cheers. Cheers. And welcome. I had like four investor meetings last week. Sales calls, catch-ups with the team. And I kind of feel like a bad CEO this week because I'm being very reactive instead of being proactive. I mean, speaking of getting money, 90% of investors are somehow like very unpleasant people to work with and to talk to. Until they invest in you. Well, they don't. Those people don't, right? Like the assholes don't. I have literally been on calls with people that look like they're bored out of their minds from the second you join the meeting. And then they're like petting their dog or like reading a fucking book or whatever it is that they're doing. It's a power dynamic game, right? It's a power game. And I hate it because I think it's very disrespectful. You hear all these stories when you go on Twitter or anywhere, you read these founder stories that are like, oh, one time this investor did this and I was in this kind of meeting. And you think that doesn't really happen. And then you go into these meetings and you're like, no, it does happen. I mean, a lot of them, okay, admittedly, like I looked at the photos, I read their bio and I was immediately like, okay, these are some bros that probably think they know everything, right? Totally judging them before I even spoke with them because that's what a lot of these conversations have been. You have some like young guys that have gone to a good university and worked at Goldman Sachs or Merrill Lynch or whatever. And now they're like, yeah, so, you know, we got a little money. And then it's this whole weird dynamic that's going on. And I went into those calls thinking, okay, hello, bro. And they were actually complete opposite. Like the nicest guy, super respectful, amazing conversations and love what we're doing. We're so excited and we're continuing the conversations. And it's it was actually a really cool surprise. But what's crazy is that this is an outlier situation. How do you keep your confidence up? in the shitty ones. Yeah, like I've started to realize that in the beginning, I felt like I had to perform at every single conversation because like, hey, this could be money coming in. And even if someone didn't show like they cared or whatever, I always felt like I can turn them around. And then at some point I was like, you know what? I need to stop this. If I don't like them because they're behaving a certain way, I don't want their money. So I should just be like, fuck it. I don't care. That also equals the power dynamic so much it is about human relationships and power dynamics when the one who has less power is like i really don't care sometimes it's even worse to get somebody who's indifferent than negative or positive or whatever it is yeah but I, i feel like indifference is like you're so over it and also i don't care here's what we do and it's not gonna affect whether or not you're gonna give me your money it's not gonna affect me or my business in the slightest way. And at the point where you stop caring, because it's like the winner of that power dynamic is the one who has less to lose. And if you feel like, I don't have anything to lose, and it's true though, because I don't have that money, so I can't lose something I don't have, right? It's not like they say, oh, I'm going to write you a check after this meeting. No, I don't know. Like we're just kind of hopping on and seeing what comes out of that. And so I've just thought, oh, you know what? I don't give a shit. Like if somebody's behaving however, I can behave however I want because I need to be authentic to me as well. They need to know who they're investing in as who I am as a founder. And I feel like, yeah, it's just made all the difference. And then, I mean, honestly, it's just like not everybody's going to be a great fit. It's like you go out on dates with people thinking that everybody 
is potentially going to be your future whoever. Like, that's not realistic, right? Like, there are going to be people you're going to be immediately be like, oh, this is not a person. And so it's the same thing with choosing an investor. Like, you're not going to vibe with everybody. One key there is to understand or to come to the realization that it's nothing personal. If it's not a match, it's not a match. But it's okay. Exactly. Because I should not change to be a match with you and neither should you. But you know what's really interesting? I feel like people are... Especially in my world, like in the startup world, there's a lot of conversations about, well, you should always like take feedback. It's a very good idea and foundation to have an open feedback culture. However, I also think that having a feedback culture requires training in feedback. A, that's one thing. Like, how do you give feedback so that it's effective? And then B, how do you receive feedback so that it will be effective? And then B, what I think is even more important, and especially as a company grows, identifying who should give feedback, whose feedback is valid, because not everybody's feedback is valid. And I can say like just with my TV show and now I'm at the concept level, but I've learned also who to ask feedback from. And I like to get opinions and to get the general idea of people, but to get proper feedback on what's working and what's not, I ask for feedback from people who are in the industry. Yeah. And who I know that, okay, whatever they say is valid. And you trust them yeah. also, right? Because it's like, they can be in the industry, but there are some people who maybe are on the different page, right? They're yeah. like, I've been in the industry. Yes. And there's a lot of this thing where people are, I've been in this industry yeah. for this and this long. Here's what you should do. And it's like, well, that's your opinion. Well, I think that the, the most important thing here is to distinguish feedback from opinion. People will come with their opinions and their yeah. feedback. And especially, I'm sure for you, because you are the CEO, you are the founder. So I'm sure that you're going to hear from left and right opinions and also quote unquote feedback and everything. But then it's your responsibility to know what's valid and what's not. Exactly. I think in the startup world, there's a lot of emphasis being put on us as founders. We should be open to feedback. Like there's this term saying you need to be coachable, right? If you ask any investor, what kind of founder do you want to invest in? And they say like X and Y and Z and driven and visionary and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like coachability is a thing that they quote unquote rate you on, right? And what coachability- It sounds almost like coaching a racehorse. <laughs> exactly. And the thing is this, right? Sure, coachability is an important thing, but if you as an investor have not been in my world, maybe you've never even built a company. A lot of investors have not. They come from a financial background. So it's like, okay, you've worked in a corporate world and you've mentored startups. That does not make you a great investor in my eyes, but also definitely not someone who is telling me how I as a founder should run a business, right? Because you've never done it before. So don't come tell me how to do it. And then secondly, you may not know and mostly you don't know my industry as well as I do, right? So input is great. I think input is valuable. But like, oh, you should be coachable. So if I tell you this, you should go do it, I think is the wrong signal. Because also you're investing in someone that should be the visionary. And you're expecting me to go out there and hire people and negotiate and take this business forward. And if I was a pushback that would take everybody's opinions, I would just literally get so stressed and burn out and not achieve anything. I'm actually pushing back a lot. I feel like it takes a lot of courage to push back that much. However, you know how in retrospect, let's say I pushed back on something and I was like, no, I'm going to do it my way. And then some success came. Everybody would be like, oh, she was the visionary who everybody told her to do A and she did B. That's why she's like an amazing founder and found success. But then if I fail, 
because I wanted to do it my way. It's like, well, she didn't listen to anybody. And that's a bad thing, right? I mean, I guess you just have to go with your gut. And that's what I've learned because I have definitely been in scenarios throughout this sort of journey where I have listened to other people and I've not listened to my gut. I've listened to other people and things have not necessarily gone the right way. And I'm not saying that I had a better idea. My idea could have also failed, but I think it's easier to own it when it's mine, right? It's like, oh guys, you know what? I made a mistake. This is on me. But when some mistake or something that doesn't lead to the outcome that I want, and I'm like, well, fuck, I like listen to this person and all these like opinions. And now what am I going to go and like blame them? Like they don't give a shit. And also people who don't have any skin in the game, they can say whatever, like they're going to sleep just as well as they did before some fuck up. But I am the one that's going to have to bear the consequences. So like, if you don't have a skin in the game, if you haven't invested in me, or you have never built a company, or you don't have anything to lose, whether this goes well or not, then your opinion is worth nothing, honestly. If somebody's in the tech and startup world, you might know Chris Saka, you know, a very successful entrepreneurs and VCs and has been on Shark Tank. And he was one of the first investors in Uber and a bunch of companies. He's just a legend in Silicon Valley. And I really like his thoughts. And somebody asked him, how do you find when you get pitched all the time by like this amazing founders, how do you see if someone is like really top notch? And he's like, they never sell. Never they just talk. They talk about their vision because they don't give a shit if you get on board or not. They have their vision. They're going to build this with or without you. They literally don't care. And he's like, that's how you know that somebody's actually building something great. And he was giving all these examples about someone who, oh, I can't remember the company now, but the guy was pitching basically like, hey, every Fortune 500 company is going to use our service. And Chris was like, bro, you don't even have a product. Like, what are you talking about? But he saw it and he said it. And he didn't care if somebody was like, how are they going to, he's like, okay, if you don't see it, if you can't see based on what I've told you, then that's on you. And that's all all good. But this is where I'm going. And if you see the same future, you join me. And if you don't, you're out. And then you're going to be forever one of these investors is going to say, oh, I missed out on investing in Zvook, right? And there's tons of people that say, I missed out on investing in Google or Uber or whoever. That's where you have to be in your headspace when you talk to these people. Yeah, create the FOMO. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to a lot of investors, it is very psychological. Everybody wants to team up with the winner or the potential winner. Yes. And then you don't want to be on the team of the ones who don't make it necessarily. Yeah. You will for sure, because you will invest in so many. Let's say that you invest in 10, you want one of them to be the winner. And you invest in 10 potential winners, exactly you count that maybe one of these will be, but I think it may be a part of the human nature that people want to be a part of a success story. Absolutely. 100%. And then the more successful you get, the more you are going to share about the not successful stories, everything that has happened along the way. And the ones that didn't make it, even if they had the potential and they had all the possibilities, but for one reason or another, they just didn't take off. I just spoke with someone who I respect a lot. He's a CMO, just marketing guru, an amazing person. He used to be a CMO of WeWork and a whole bunch of like other really cool companies. And we just had a conversation. And he said something that I believe in like a hundred percent. You either have to be different or 10 times better. Nothing else matters. Either you're like, oh, these guys are different. I may not even get it. I mean, a lot of people don't get Elon Musk. 
I don't have anything great to say about him, like in terms of leadership, whatever, like he's a weirdo, but he's a visionary. He's different. Or you're 10 times better. Any improvement is not interesting. If you're incrementally better or incrementally funnier, it's like, I don't give a shit. But somebody who pitches you something that's like, I don't get it. It's like, okay, cool. But then you're out. If you don't get this, then you're out. It's on you, bro. I get it. I see it. And I want to be surrounded by other people who see it and who can get me there. Also to add, I don't remember where I read this, but the key to success is time and consistency. Yeah, but patience is hard. Patience is very hard. And like being consistent and especially if you're the one who's like different. For the very long time, people won't get it. And you have to be the one to get it. Patience is also hard because being patient means that you're going to get a lot of rejection. And rejection sucks. We're all human. Nobody's immune. We all know these things in theory, but again, we feel things. Even when you kind of understand that it's not about me, a no feels very personal. And that's very tough. And I think it's a certain type of personality who can take all of these no's and take so much rejection over a longer period of time with no guarantee of success or certainty or stability. Well, because they're like, they're examples of when people have just not taken no for an answer, quote unquote. So you keep getting no's and you just keep trying and then you succeed. We've never heard of all those people that have just like kept trying and it's like, but this is a bad fucking idea. And then it never becomes anything. And these people went back to work and they're working nine to five and you never hear about them. It's a very fine line between that. I would almost like rather be that person because then I would feel like at least I tried. Mm. But at at what point do you give up? Because it's like maybe the next one can be a guess, right? Like we all know the KFC story, however many times he got rejected and whatever. I think it's very personal. And I think that it has so many factors that play into what's your breaking point. It's not only about you and your mental strength. It's also maybe about your life situation, your financial situation, your family situation. So many external factors play into that decision. When is my time to say, like, I did my best, I need to now move on. For some people, it's longer. For some people, it's shorter. But I would assume it's more satisfying to at least have tried and gone to your end point or breaking point and then said, I did my best. This is my limits. Yeah. And now... It didn't work out, but at least I know. I don't need to wake up at 85 and look back and think, why didn't I try? Why did I not do it or go for it? No, it's true. I remember there were people who went to the same program where me and my co-founder met. And it was the whole whole idea was you can meet your co-founder, you can pitch for an idea, and you can get a small check. And that's what we got. And that's how we got started. But there were also a whole bunch of teams that got together, got the check after they'd paid themselves like whatever, five months, I mean, it wasn't really like a huge salary. So if you spend some money on whatever, developing a platform or a product, you run out of money. It was like six months was probably like the most that you could do. And there were tons of people that just were like, okay, after six months, like, oh, I'm not going to get a salary anymore when now I can't do this anymore. So for a lot of people, it's like you said, there's all these scenarios that play out. And then there's just people that are like, there's no other option. Nothing else matters. I'm going to do this. Like I was one of those people I didn't care. I ran out of money and it was hard. And I came to here and five different lawyers told me I'm not going to get a visa here and whatever. And I was like, I don't care. (laughs) 
What did you ever think about what's your limit? No, never. I'm not a quitter. Like for good or for bad, in my head, it wasn't an option. No, I hear you. I'm a little bit in my field of vision. I can't really see a no. But also it's, I have experienced what I'm going to run out of money. What am I going to, quitting is not an option, but what's going to happen if I actually run out of money and then like something comes up. And to me, I believe that you also have to believe in some things that just meant to happen, right? Like I think things happen for a reason. And when there's always like a little lifeline that comes along, I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to continue this journey. And I feel it in my gut. It's hard to explain, but I feel it. Whatever I'm doing, I am not supposed to give up. I am heading towards something big. I can feel it and I know I can do it. And so my only thing is like, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I have the same with my TV show concept. And it's a concept that I've had in my head for a couple of years. And for such a long time, it just didn't feel quite right. The overall theme idea I had, but then what will this show be about? Who are the characters? What's going to happen to the characters? What is the storyline? And I tried so many different types of characters or storylines and surrounding characters and all of that in my head and none of them felt just right and I think I had to go through this process to find the character it's like you're in a forest or somewhere and like you're looking for you don't really know what you're looking for but when you find it you know that okay now I found it and it's also I've done some short films in the past and a lot of the comments I get is like oh my god is this based on you (laughs) <laughs> and it's always the same answer like no no it's not me whatever character is not me the storyline is not something that has happened to me yeah. of course they have parts of me and it can be very abstract feelings or it can be something on a very emotional level some experiences but then they might be written out in a very different way mm. in the script some characters might be based on partly My experiences, of course, like emotions, feelings, and so on. People in my life, but no character is me. It's always a mix, right? It's always mixed. Like, I'm not writing anything autobiographical. I wait somebody else to write that. (laughs) (laughs) That's coming. (laughs) And I hope. (laughs) I hope I can be in the casting for that. (laughs) And speaking of getting feedback and good stuff and the best stuff, we have been so happy to get your guys' feedback. Overjoyed. Oh, overjoyed about a lot of the comments about the podcast and about the first episodes. And we love that you guys love it. And we're going to keep iterating. We're going to keeping it interesting for you guys. And actually really sharing, I think, more and more about our actual journeys and founder lives and the ups and downs and really giving you guys a real glimpse into it. It's always, I think, a really scary thing to do because as much as you want to share, you're always a little bit mindful. And when you have a mic and you press record, it becomes different. So we're just being very honest with you. Bear with us, stick with us. We're actually going to be talking more and more raw stuff. (laughs) Please send us your questions, your feedback, your comments. We love to hear them and we also love to answer your questions. Yes. And also let us know what you talk about at your happy hours and whether there's a topic that's like really, really intriguing. And you've maybe talked about that with some of your founder friends or family or whoever. And we'd love to chip in. Happy, happy hour for all of you and see you next week. <laughs>